Attention all fitness enthusiasts and personal trainers. Are you ready to join the conversation and be heard on the ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths? We want to hear from you. Do you have burning questions about fitness, nutrition, training techniques, or anything related to health and wellness? Now is your chance to get involved. Jenny, please tell me how it works. Well, here's how it works, John. Simply submit your questions to us, and if your question gets picked, you'll be featured on an upcoming episode of Trainers Talking Truths. Imagine hearing your name, maybe a little about your business, and a question highlighted on our show, reaching listeners all over the world. But wait, there's more. As a token of our appreciation, all selected participants will receive a special promo code for a discount on their next purchase with ISSA. It's our way of saying thank you for being a valued member of our fitness community. So do not miss out on this incredible opportunity to have your voice heard and to be part of the conversation on Trainers Talking Truths. Submit your questions today by heading over to our Instagram page at ISSA online or find the link in this episode's show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world, and welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Liebel, here with um, my favorite new podcast co-host, officially, Mr. John Bauer. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm already going to say it. This is my number one favorite podcast that we've done of all time uh, before we've even <laughs> before we've even started. Uh, and I'm a, uh, the reason I'm excited and we've been talking about having having mentors a lot on recent podcasts. And today I get to have who I call my primary mentor in the health and fitness field on the podcast with us today. He's also a contributor to the certified personal trainer course that so many of you have taken or are taking. So again, I am really, really excited uh, to have my good friend, a good mentor, and a great leader in the fitness industry, Rex Owens on. Rex, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. Hi, Jenny. Hi, John. How are you guys doing today? So good. So happy to have you here. And yes, we loved having you contribute to our CPT rewrite a couple of years ago. And I've since met you a couple of times in person at some conferences and such that John and I have gone to. So super excited to see you and learn more about the ins and outs of Rex and how you got here. Um, but to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what originally brought you into fitness? Okay. Um, I come from a military family. I was born uh, in Athens, Greece, actually. So when I got here, I was five and spoke Greek, which is really weird being a little black kid in America speaking only Greek and not English. And the way I got here was Basically, I got out of the army and I needed a second job. So back in those days, you looked in the newspaper and, you know, I already had a job, but I wanted a second one. So they wanted someone at this health club and I'd never been in a health club, but I'd only been like in school gyms and army gyms. Right. So I'd never been in a commercial health club. I walked in, walked up to the front desk, said, hey, I'm here for the job. Uh, she looked at me, little, you know, 168 pound tight little infantry guy. and. She's like, the trainer's job? And I was like, yes, you know. So what ended up happening, she handed me a sheet that, uh, you know, gave a job description. I realized they had Nautilus equipment, which I'd never seen. 
Ellington Darden had written a couple books on it. I'd already had a year of anatomy in school, anatomy and phys. So I read that book, read the second one and realized the trainers didn't know how the cam system worked, you know, anything about the mechanics of the, the machines and how they were developed. So it was became kind of a passion. So I kind of feel like I'm still, after all these years, raising a family and doing all that on training dollars, I'm still working in my hobby because on the weekend, if I won lotto today, I'd still be doing the same thing. Love that. You know? <laughs> hey, Rex, what the, long, <laughs> about, about what time frame was that? Because I just want to make sure that our, our listeners know that it's a little bit different now. You don't just walk in and just say, hey, is there a job for me? It's a, it's a oh, little yeah. bit different this now. This was what? like 87, 88. Okay. So it was the infancy of the, of the personal training uh, profession. It, it was another year or two before I even realized you could get certified. <laughs> no one knew, it's like, you know. So, so well, one thing you mentioned, and I, I've always uh, thought of this, that, you know, I've, I've worked with you before and in different jobs. We, we taught together at the same college. We worked together at the same gyms. And no matter what you were doing, even if you had a full-time job, you were director of education for a health club chain, you were still training clients in the morning. You were still getting up at like 4 a.m., meeting with your clients. I could probably, I bet you I could name a couple of them because they're probably some of the same clients. Um, Even this but, morning. Yeah, I bet, I bet. And you've never you've never really stopped training clients, although you, you probably uh, could have because you were a really busy guy with, with, uh, with your full-time jobs. So what keeps you going? What, what is it that keeps you going with these early morning clients? You know, I guess it's, it's love for what we do and ultimately it's love helping people. You know, I'm one of those people like if I I'm always looking around, if I see someone coming to the door and they've got a handful of something, I want to run and help. So, I, you know, and I, I don't even know if that's a virtue because it's just the way I, I, I am. But I love helping people. You know what I mean? And um, like Paul Bianchi, as you know, and I already told him I was going to mention his name. You know, I said, Paul, how long have we been training? He goes, well, my his uh, last child is. 32. And he said, he's about uh, about to turn 32. And he goes, he was about two years old when we started. So wow. I've been training him through like wow. a lifespan. And it's like, been through like, you know, kidney replacements and hip replacements and just different things with him throughout his lifespan. So it's motivating to help people. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's uh, at the end of the day, you, you realize you really did make a difference. And where I'm at currently I mean, it sounds silly, but does somebody being able to go to the bathroom by themselves is powerful. And if yeah. you're the caretaker, you really know that. Yeah. So tell everybody where you currently train at. Max. So I work at Sun City Lincoln Hills, and uh, I am so fortunate to uh, have, be able to work in this industry. One, I am the demographic over 55, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so during COVID, I was... Uh, the director of education for a 20 club chain here in California, in Sacramento, California Family Fitness. And I ran their uh, small group training also. But when things shut down, there was no jobs to be had. And I could see the writing on the wall as these clubs are going to need to make money coming back. They don't need an education guy. They need like some sales guys and some trainers to knock out sessions. So I work here now and um, every day is like, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Working with People from like strokes to like my oldest guy is 94 right now. And when we started, he couldn't walk at one mile an hour for three minutes on the treadmill. You know, now he comes in on his own. He's doing 30 minutes, you know, and yeah, it's only 1.3, 1.4 miles an hour. He's not the fastest guy, but guess what? You know, his life has changed for him and it's it's really worthwhile. 
Absolutely. He's moving. I love it. Now, hearing that you've had clients for 30 years, I have, I've had clients for almost eight years and I'm like, Woo, doing good, but that's, you're like three X that. So I know there's people out there who want to know, like, it's, how do you keep people with you that long? Like what's been your, I wouldn't say secret, but like, what's your recipe for success for keeping those clients with you? Well, I think just like you two, you're always learning. And if you can share what you learn in a way that's graspable by the client and it's usable and they're like, oh, I see why we would do that. You know what I mean? And just think about it. Say you're kind of doing some type of rotational movement, right? Let's just say you you had a need for that. Well, there's ways of doing stuff on the ground with a TRX, with a stick, with your body weight, with a cable. I mean, like there's there's no end to how many ways, as long as it's, you know, you it fits into what you're trying to program, uh, whether it be rotation, anti-rotation, whatever, there's just so many options. So I think making sure that every time you leave, if your client le- um, learns at least one thing, they're like, that has a little an epiphany, like, wow, that's interesting. Because um, you're only as good as your last session, you know? And what I mean yeah. is I, I've been around long enough that you never know when you show up on Monday and there's a tech crash or something like that. I've been through all the crashes, you know, 2001 <laughs> either. But, you know, along with that, when they go home and the transmission's out and they got to, they've only have so much disposable income, let's say, they're not dropping you. They're learning something. They're getting better. It's, it's a value. So I'd say that's the secret. Oh, I love that you just use the V word because I we talk about that all the time, building value in what you offer. Like if, if it's whether it's five dollars or five hundred dollars, whatever it is, if somebody says, no, this is worth something to me, I get something from this. I feel like I'm getting something out of this. They will pay for it. And you're absolutely right, Rex. They'll figure out a way to pay for that transmission so that they can keep you on board and continue on with something that is of value for them. So I love that you said that. Yeah, and I got to follow up. You you mentioned um, you know to to always continue learning, um, and there's there's a few reasons for that, right? Like I, I would imagine all three of us are just fascinated with this stuff, so it just kind of feeds into that. But as far as the the practical side, the job, I mean, imagine with your client Paul, if you were the same trainer today, doing the same stuff with the same knowledge from thirty years ago. Yeah, there's no value in that. Right. Other than maybe your friendship, which is, which is great. Yes. But, you know, if we're paying for a trainer, you know, I want I want this person to be on top of things, bringing new things, keeping it interesting and creating an experience that I want to keep coming back for more for. And if uh, if it is the case that I get to learn something, I can attest that a lot of your clients do walk away learning things. Um, that's absolutely a value and something that uh, that really anyone would want to keep coming back for. Um now, outside of that, any anything else for for anyone who wants to have longevity in this profession? Because uh, we talked about always keeping uh, keeping learning, but but anything else that you want to tell our listeners with your many years of experience? You know, there you all the podcasts and there's so many great educators out there. I kind of feel like the old Sergeant Major or something. You know what I mean? Where I've just been around grinding sessions, and so even though I'm in management now, I just take the hardest kind of clients because I, I do have to say like. At Sun City, you might have somebody with cardiomyopathy. They just had a hip replacement, but they're complaining about their right knee. You know what I mean? And that's what they're worried about or their balance. So it's not as easy. You have to put multiple things together. I'd probably say for trainers, what I see is like in like when I went to work in the morning, which is typically I started at 5 a.m. One, morning clients are consistent. Night clients aren't always. One. Fair. Two, you're only as good as your last session. You know what I mean? So 
you better add some value and and caring for them. And, and if you care for your clients, you'll you'll tend to learn thing. Coach every set, every every um, time they come. But here's the thing that might just be simply reinforcing like, nice, I like the way those hips are moving backwards first. Yeah, lead there. You know what I mean? So I don't have to overly talk, but I'm communicating if I don't have something, I don't want to always say something negative, which a lot of coaches do. You know, it's always like they're correcting, correcting. Let me reinforce the positive a little bit. And then when I get to the corrections, they're much more open to that. Hey, remember what we said about those shoulders down and back or whatever it may be, that that sort of thing. Uh, the other thing is training is a grind. I mean, if like me, I had a wife, <laughs> three kids, two dogs, two house or two cars and a house. So how do you do that on one income? You got to stay busy. So yeah. if I went at five o'clock and did a six and did a seven, and let's just say my eight had dropped out, didn't have a nine or whatever. I'm not going home. There's no home going. I go home midday. I worked a split for probably 25 years of my um, I'm in between. I'm writing articles and I worked for a lot of individual owners that would. So my my printer would, would make 11 by 17 posters. I'd write articles every week. I'd post them up. And then I'd ask the owner, like, hey, can I use some more space? He's like, well, you leave space for someone else. Months would go by. No one else would put anything else. Guess what? That whole wall was me you know, <laughs> because they weren't doing it. Do the little things. Always be prospecting, you know, and if your client leaves with value, like they're learning something every time, they're more apt to refer you. So um, a lot of clubs demand that, you know, you got to sell 10 grand or more or whatever it is. But what if I just renew that every month? You know, I mean, that's yeah. to me and that's less stressful for me. The last thing is every single trainer always says I'm not a sales guy. You know what? I'm a sales guy. And I'm probably like for a high pressure sales. That's not me. But if I believe in the product and I know you need it, how do I get you to the to commit to something? You know what I mean? You know, a lot of times we're looked down on if we can't, you know, close a 20 pack or something. I have no qualms about selling you three sessions. You're going to renew. I never had anyone not renew because even if you had, you know, even if it only took five sessions to educate you on what it is that you wanted to do, usually they'd come back for a refresher. And if mm -hmm. I could get 30 people paying me for one session a week, I'm good. I like that even better. I've already set up your programming. It's really interesting to review where we've gone, where you're currently going, review your goals, and then, you know, drop that, whatever's new or what what's changed and um, and move on from there. I love that you brought that up, Rex, because you're one of the few people that we've had on that's in the industry that talks about it at this level, because a lot of people think it's, oh, I have to get new clients all the time, all the time, all the time. But you're making a great point and your eyes just got all big. Yeah, yeah, like renew, like keep the clients that you have. And that's something right. that you've gotten really good at. And just renew, if you can renew even 75% of the clients that you have every month, that's less legwork that you have to do to fill that other 25% or right. more. And you're, you look like you're busy, you're full, right? It, it makes you more desirable in the first place. It's just the way uh, that fear of missing out, that FOMO that everybody has. Well, this guy's always full. These people are always sitting around. I want to train with that guy, <laughs> right? So I love that you're bringing that up because you're absolutely right. Renewals are where it's at. Keep your clients with you and then they'll be with you through thick and thin price raises, everything they're there for you. But as far as where you're at now as, as a manager, still obviously working with clients, do you have any advice for anybody who wants to be a leader of other trainers or potentially manage? Yeah. Um, you know, between the military and coming from a military family and doing this for a long time, I find find leadership tedious. And what I mean by that is you got to do more than the others. You got to lead the way. I mean, it's like, you know, 
like on my team, if, if they call me on the weekends, they just happen to have to call me on the weekends. If they have some programming questions, they just have to call me and like, I got to get back to them. You are being leaders means that you're always, you know, always running in front of everyone, taking the brunt of everything. Um, if you can help them in their careers, even something like how they say in the old days, well, figure out what you want to make. How many sessions is that? All that. I mean, if, if people don't start to do that, and then uh, one other tip I have for trainers is, you know, like remember Marty Miller was telling me who's uh, was he works for an ASM, I believe, but he uh, was head of techno gym education. And I'm hearing this throughout yeah. the industry. People don't know how to program. Listen, if you got whatever certification you got, you know, look at their system, walk through all the stages of it. You you personally do that. You do it. Now you own it. So you know how to apply it. But if you looked at what they said and you're like, hey, I, I'm just trying to get big. I'm not trying to trying to do all this stabilization stuff. You know what? You need to back up. You need to do a couple of weeks of that. I remember when I started teaching at Bryan College, we had a, a guy and I could tell he was like a bench presser, had that chest and all those things. And um, kind of looked at me skeptically. I'm on, I'm not that big. I'm 200 pounds. And and we we had to, he, he had to start on a stabilization program to, on the practical side of when we were teaching. And four weeks in, he comes to me and he goes, I tried to bench press. And I said, is OK. He goes, I mean, I do that a lot. He goes, after this stabilization program, he goes, I'm pushing more weight. I haven't even touched one in weeks. Nice. That guy was a convert like you would never believe because he realized like these models actually help you. What do bodybuilders do? They they work out mostly what I see is the same all year long along in the audience. I mean, like if you think about athletes, they don't do that. They don't they don't have the same phase all years. You've got to, you know. Yeah. So I don't want to run on too long here, but. No, that makes perfect sense. What you're talking about, these models that are we're being taught from the different organizations, they absolutely work with the hard part is most people don't know how to apply them or they don't. To your point, Rex, they don't practice it. Use yeah. it on yourself. Right. You are your best uh, first client. And you can actually feel yourself go through the progressions and feel what it's like to get to the end of this or feel the improvements. Because I did the same thing. I haven't played volleyball in months and I went and played last weekend, but I trained my butt off. I trained like an athlete. I also trained like a bodybuilder. I kind of rotate through, but I was like, whoa, I played my butt off. I'm not sore. Like my shoulders don't hurt. And I'm almost 40, uh -huh. right? I know I'm the young one in the group right now, just saying, but <laughs> like I'm old compared to the people that I was playing with. And I am in much better shape two days later than they were. Um, so I love that you're bringing all these things up and I love Marty Miller, by the way. Um, every time I go to my gym and one of the techno gym treadmills is broken, I think of him. <laughs> I'm like, where's Marty at? This treadmill doesn't work. <laughs> hey, I just want, I just want to call out a couple of things. You know, uh, when Rex was talking about leadership and management, he was talking about how much work he was doing and how he was kind of leading from the front. If you're looking for a mentor, that's what you're looking for. Cause that sounds like a mentor to me, someone who is doing the work. There's no question that they know how to do the job. Um, and uh, for, for any of us trainers, that's something I think we can respect in anyone that's going to be a mentor to us or, or our manager is someone who yeah. is without question doing the work and has done the job and has been there. And I know Rex has done that. And then as far as the grind that he talked about being in there and eight o'clock is not time to go home when you got an open hour, that's he's not talking about what he used to do. I can tell you for sure that that is what he is still doing. And I, and I have to take the time to, to say happy early birthday, Rex. The big yeah, six zero yeah, yeah. is just a, it's just a few days away. And this is a guy that's about to turn 60 who's managing a large facility who is also still grinding like that. Um, and, and by grinding, you know, that, make, that makes it sound really 
challenging and difficult. No, it's it's just about being disciplined yeah. and and being a good business person. Uh, we can all be fascinated with the uh, fitness part of it, and that's the fun part. But you got to do the the business part of the job too, and be disciplined about it. And every time Rex needed clients, he always came up with clients. He would come up with five or six clients in a day or two, um, seemingly out of nowhere. And I know it's not out of nowhere, but it's because he's he's done the work. He's built the relationships. So again, if you want to follow someone's lead, this is a great example of someone's lead to follow. On top of the fact that he's also a really smart guy, taught at the college with me and helped us to put together our certification. So Rex, another, another question for you. Right. For people getting started now, because it's definitely different than when I started back when you started, for mm -hmm. people who are getting started now, I think I think they have a lot of thoughts about what they need to do in order to get started in this field. I think they think they need Instagram and all that stuff. And I, there's, there's definitely usefulness and all that. But what advice would you give to someone who is getting started in the field right now? Yeah, um, a couple of things. Like when you go through a certification, like I don't know how many times like I've reread something over the years. Um, and got more out of it later. Mm -hmm. Two, you never stop learning. Um, I, I've got one of my gals that works here is also a respiratory therapist. And she said, she, every time for a year, every time she'd ask me a question, she felt like kind of timid about it, timid about it. And I said, listen, this isn't a job like where, the, where if you're in the hospital and you have to ask a question, you don't know your job. In this job, you do not know everything. I said, I'm, I'm learning just as much today as I did my first day, like every time I look, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's so fascinating. So keep going. So my advice would be always prospecting. Make sure you listen to your clients, what they're asking you. Maybe find out what their expectations are, 30, 60, 90 days. Mm -hmm. And then the it doesn't have to be a grind. The grind is when you're telling people to do stuff and you're just watching it. It's not a grind when you're analyzing it. I'm going, you know, ankles, knees, hips, spine, shoulders, head. I'm just constantly doing that in a session and I'm always coaching them, but it might just be reinforcing that they're doing something correctly. I don't need to be too verbal, uh, meaning like I don't need to like vomit on them with like, hey, great job. I don't say stuff like that. Great job. I'd be great job on this specifically. Um and then just approach it like a job. Make your calls. Like, I remember I used to resent when they'd give me orientations. I'm like, give me an orientation now. They're going to definitely, <laughs> I'm going to find something to educate them on where they're like, yeah, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to learn a little bit more of that. You know, so maybe they buy, even if it's a small package, if it might be bigger, some of them will commit, you know what I mean? To, to If it's a bigger goal, but if it's something small, almost always they'll, They'll buy and continue, even if it's that once a week or once every other week thing. You get a bunch of those going. You get 15, 20 people doing that. You've got a pretty good career because your three-day or weekers are not always there. I mean, or it could be difficult. And one of them drops out, suddenly you're out 800 to a grand. That's painful. Mm -hmm. You got a car payment, a house payment come up. I think that happened to me a thousand times because like when I mentioned that, you know, I had three kids, same wife. Uh, <laughs> just to be clear, <laughs> two dogs, a house. Um, there was only one income. My my wife has a condition that didn't allow her to work and outside of the home like that. So every single cent I made was through training dollars. So it was never play, but it but it's always play because it's my hobby. I'm still not grown enough to know what I want to do yet. Yeah, I think you make a great point, Rex. And as somebody who's still an active trainer myself, like I absolutely agree that when you are in a session, if you're just standing there and you're a human abacus and you're just one, 
two, three, do that one again, three, right? If you're just standing there counting, they don't need you to count, right? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't count. That's what he said. (laughs) You go until it burns and then you start counting, right? Yeah. So they don't need you to stand there and count or just hand them a piece of paper and say, here's what I want you to do. But you're absolutely right. When you're super engaged in it, you're watching every little movement that this person makes, helping them make adjustments. Um, Even if they've been with you for years and years and years, there's still something to teach them. Hey, let's fix the way that you're doing this. Hey, let's adjust this. Hey, let's progress this, right? It it doesn't feel like work. And uh, it's real easy when I work with my youth sports teams. um, It's about 30 kids at a time right now. First of all, herding kittens, which is a challenge and I love it. Um, But I have assistants, don't worry. But uh, but, like, I look at my watch and I'm like, shoot, we have three minutes left. Darn it. And the girls are like, wait, it's over, right? Because they have so much fun and they're so engaged when they're doing it that time flies when you do these sessions. Like your day goes by real fast when you stay engaged and it doesn't feel like a grind. It feels like something you actually enjoy doing. So I love that call out. And Jenny, it sounds to me like you have a variety of different types of training. I I noticed Mm -hmm. like, I'm sure for at least a decade, most everyone was like 20 pounds, two dress sizes kind of a thing. But now I have somebody that's training for pickleball. You know, maybe I'll do something outside of here, you know, working with a youth on speed. You know, I worked for Exos for a lot of years or, you know, whatever it may be. And it's um, and it's really interesting, you know what I mean? Things that people have and how to do workarounds for whatever ailments they have or whatever life stage they're in. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned. So I have a funny quip for you guys. Pickleball. You mentioned pickleball. I'm pretty sure pickleball was invented by an orthopedic specialist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> because they begin all kinds of people coming through their office people just like decide one day i'm gonna go play pickleball and they have done nothing but sit on a sofa for 20 years just throwing that out there we have an we eight did that good for you pickleball court <laughs> yeah <laughs> somebody's <laughs> practice is booming right now <laughs> hey ricks so uh i happen to know that you've had a lot of fun clients over the years so we're going to take a little bit of a turn here and uh, i'm just wondering Maybe you have a, a a client story, one that's one maybe th- that you're particularly proud of, um, or simply one that you think is a fun story, or maybe one of each if they're quick. But uh, yeah, just 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 the client story. And again, like I said, I know you've had some fun clients over the years. You know, I was thinking about client stories, but it's like there's can I say like there's been so many different lives I've engaged in. It's it's hard for me to pick. But I was going to tell you a, a funny story that happened. When I first walked in and applied for the job at, uh, it was Roman Gabriel Sports Center in uh, Riverside, and it's by UCR, and and, and it was the highest end club there. So I'm working there, and one day I'm, you know, people hang out at the front desk a little bit. I never did that too much, but we had to fold towels. So I, I had come down if I didn't have anything to do for a minute, and I'd fold towels with them. And I look across, and there's a shopping center right there. And I see this big guy, like bigger than you, John. He grabs this lady's purse. She's with two, two of her children. And he runs to this vehicle and he tosses it in. And the seven-year-old child and mom had run over and tackled him. They drive off. So I literally like, you know, I was athletic. <laughs> I leap over the front desk and I run out there and I get on here. But I didn't realize like in our club, it's a higher end club. I had, see, the chief of police and two of the Secret Service guys were were training in this racquetball court and saw me jump over and, like, sprint out. So, obviously, they're going to do something. So, like, they all come out. And by the time I get to the kid, the mom's holding to the legs and the guy's kind of doing an almost a push-up position trying to get up. Let me just say the seven-year-old must have been a soccer kid because 
I first thing I grabbed was that kid because he was he I thought he was kicking a goal, man. <laughs> that man three times in the head. Yeah. Trying to get look like somebody trying to kick a field goal, man. <laughs> get calm down. It's like you get know. through the ball, right? <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of that was like one of my uh, my funny stories. And and like thinking about this interview, I, I hadn't thought about it in so many years. But that was fun to make an arrest with those guys, you know. <laughs> Oh my well, goodness! I, I have to say, I've I've experienced deja vu like twenty times during this uh, during this talk because we've had so many of these conversations. And that what you just told it's an absolute Rex story uh, for sure because <laughs> uh, I've heard plenty of stories just like that one before. Nice, oh, man. <laughs> I want to know too, as far as your clients that have been with you, say, let's give it a mark. Let's say fifteen years or longer. Not that we're supposed to have favorites, but do you have? Afraid of it, that one that every day that you get to train that person, you wake up and you're like, yes, today is the day. Who is it? So, you know, this is the first job I've had that is mostly admin. Like, you know, like on payroll days, I'm spending like six hours sitting. I even have three different chairs that I, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've done all the research on like what, but I'll sit on a ball. I'll still on a, sit on a stool. I have a kneeling chair and I vary it. So the it, it varies the load on, on, you know, my spine and hips. So it's keeping me healthy. I think I just forgot your question. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh no, the, no worries. Favorite client. Oh, favorite, favorite client. Who client. is it? Um, it'd probably be my client, Paul, because I've trained him through the lifespan. We argue, uh, meaning like he's argumentative and I just love that guy. You know what I mean? And we, he, uh, Meaning like when we argue, like we we debate stuff with each other and it's like I, I totally love and trust him and he's a, he's a good man. So I've had a lot of clients that were like, they'll come, they'll train for a year and then they're doing they're you know, doing something for six months and then they come back. And I mean, after a couple of decades, you know what I mean? But overall, he's the one that's always been there. And, um, you know, sometimes you end up training like the whole family at some point, but uh, he, he's an amazing guy. Matter of fact, when COVID hit and I knew my job would probably not come back at CalFit because they needed to, to hire more of their sales guys, not an educator. I came to Sun City and applied, but before I got this job, he had, he um, had a kidney replacement. So he, he goes to Mayo Clinic. So during COVID, I was just flying out there with him and training him. I mean, you know, it's like, you don't have any work. Hey, telling my wife, I'm going to be gone for a little bit, but you know, it's, it's income. You know what I mean? It's training income, you know? And so, so um, we, yeah, we've done a lot of stuff besides when he flew there, it was one of those, what do you call those G sixes? It's like four chairs in the back. Oh, <laughs> you had the fancy private I mean, jet. Yeah. Because you know what he has, he's on that immune suppressant stuff and let's face it, he can, he can afford flying there. Uh, like that. And I'd never been in anything like that before. You know, I fly, awesome. uh, I fly Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, well, a couple of my surgeon clients also fly Southwest. I'm like, what's happening here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. That's awesome. So cool. And it's, again, it's really cool to see somebody who's had clients for so long. Um, they come, they come and go, but they always come back. Right. And it's okay to let them go because guess what? They'll be back when they realize that you're doing the best by them. So even yes, if they find somebody exactly. else, they're going to be like, yeah, this is no Rex. I'm going to go back. Right. So I love that you have that experience as well. But what what a fun story. I love that. All right, Rex, let's uh, let's let's wrap this thing up. So big question. Biggest lessons learned in your time as a professional. Hmm. 
a lot of times when you're when somebody's thinking about something, they want to achieve something. I think that my major goal is to make it make it accessible for them so that when they leave me, they feel and I can I can communicate to them how we're going to get to what their goal is. Because a lot of times they're not sure, they're uncertain. They don't want, and like, I know older, say older men don't want to be like beat up by some like young stud guy or whatever, you know, that's that that's their perception. But if I can make you, if I can clearly hear your goal, restate it and say, and start to tell them, I don't have to have the specific plan, but I can give them in general how we're going to get to that. That's very important. Always be prospecting, you know what I mean? So uh, I'll stop and help someone. Hey, I see you're doing this again. You want to try a variation, but if I just stop by and say hi, and when I get to the club, I always walk the club and say hi, right? Some people don't want to be bothered. I don't say hi to them. I just kind of nod my head and keep on going. But no one, no one's worried about seeing me coming because it's usually a hello. And if I happen to comment like, oh, you're doing that again. Love it. I love the way you do that. And then one day I go, you know, can I show you a variation on that? And then they start asking you questions. And then by the time they've asked you three or four questions, they might they might as well hire you. Now, not that there's not some like bloodsuckers out there that will like <laughs> you know manipulate you know take all your time. But for the most part, people are by far wanting to reach their goals. So if you can if you can make it accessible to them, you know I, I think that that would be uh, one of the the biggest things uh, for people. Always be prospecting, uh, looking to help people. Absolutely. And like, you know, just to just to kind of restate something that you said there, you know, making making it accessible. Some there's so often in the in the fitness world, the nutrition world, where the professionals act like they're the gatekeepers of the secret information. Yeah. And uh there, I mean, first of all, there's no there's no secrets and there's no magic bullets, but there is lack of understanding. And that's where we can come in and we can help people to just simply understand why we're helping them to do the things that they do or why drinking more water versus less sodas is a good choice. I mean, some people truly don't understand those things. And when you say make things accessible, that's what I'm hearing is you're, you're almost acting as the interpreter for them so that they can yes. understand how to make the different choices. And then in terms of the always be prospecting, I, it, the, the story you told, it might sound like Rex is just walking around saying hi to everyone and just being a nice guy. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. But also he's breaking the ice. There's I, I've I've worked with Rex before and I've worked with people like Rex before where no one is afraid to say hi to them because the ice is broken because Rex already did it. Rex already said hi. He already broke that ice. And imagine when you're trying to build a business where you just need maybe 15, 20 clients and you have like a thousand people on a regular basis that you say hi to. Chances yeah. are you're going to get those 20 or 30 clients. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So really great lessons, Rex. And thank you for sharing your experience and some great stories with us. This has been super fun. Thank you. You guys are awesome. You're awesome with what you do. Love ISSA. And I hope you'll have me back one day. Oh, we will. And again, you're probably going to be contributing to more work and stuff. So keep an eye out on your email. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. John, any last words for our listeners today? Uh, yeah, well, we, we talked a lot about Mentorship in the past, and I'll just reiterate it here, uh, finding a good mentor, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but when, when you find one, make sure that you're listening. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, when we're younger, we think we know everything. And then as it turns out, we don't. And, and there are people who've been there and done that and uh, can be really helpful in helping to guide someone in their, in their own journey. And I was lucky enough to, to meet Rex. We worked together and we've been friends ever since. I think it's been almost 20 years. And 
Uh, he's pointed me in the right directions many times that have helped to lead me to things like working here at ISSA and now having him on our podcast. So uh, so thank you, Rex. Uh, happy birthday again. I know it's coming up, the big six though. And again, for all you, all you listeners out there, again, I can't stress this enough, finding people who are uh, really true professionals who can, can help to guide you and maybe just answer a question or two every now and then can make a big, big difference in your career. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I second everything you're saying. And and I would encourage you guys to go out there and find something that speaks to you in this industry. And it may not be working one-on-one in a gym, right? It might be a small studio. It might be group fitness. It might be working with seniors, right? Or youth or sports performance. But find that thing that really makes you sing. Um, it really makes you happy. And longevity is absolutely possible in this industry. Longevity, supporting your family, supporting yourself, doing the things that you need to do. Uh, but it's going to take a little bit of effort and maybe a little bit of time. So be patient with yourself, but seek somebody out that can help you get there a little bit faster. So thank you guys so much for listening. Again, thank you, Rex, and happy early birthday. I hope you enjoy it. Report back. Tell us what you do. <laughs> you got it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. But guys, go out there, re-listen to this one, go out there, do all the things, and above all, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.